Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 15. Here's Pastor Ryan. The gospel which I preach to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. God is calling us to hold fast to the gospel of all that I just read. He died for sinners. He was buried. We know he died because he was buried. We know he resurrected because there was an empty tomb. That's the gospel. Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. If there was any other way by which man could be saved, then perhaps Jesus wouldn't have had to come. But he came because there's no other way. That's why he prayed at the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, if there's any way this cup could pass, may it be so, nevertheless, thy will be done. Jesus sweated so profusely, so it was so agonizing what he was about to partake. His soul would be an offering for our sins. He would be separated from the Father. It was so agonizing that he, he, his sweat was as blood. And uh, Adam and Eve failed in the garden, but Jesus had victory in the garden of Gethsemane. Death entered into the world through Adam. Life, everlasting life, came into the world through Jesus Christ. And so Paul says that they are to stand. Um, and that word stand means continuation. It's a verb that means continue to stand. In other words, the gospel that you believe, you need to stand your ground and allow it to sanctify you daily. The message of Jesus dying and being resurrected should cause all of us to yield to God's fashioning and molding and shaping to be more like Jesus. There are many of us who may say in our minds, we believe in the gospel, but we sin against the gospel because we're not allowing God to sanctify us. We, we are still the same person. We haven't changed. We're not letting the Lord sanctify us. But the gospel, we have to continue to allow it to sanctify us, to change us, to be more like Jesus. And that's what he means by stand. The word, the word hold fast. To hold fast, it's a thing that takes hold. It's a catch. It's a hook. It's like a, like an anchor. It just hooks onto something. And so God is saying to, to catch, to hook yourself to the truth of the gospel. Let no one deceive you by empty words. All right. There are many preachers who aren't preaching about sin or repentance or a changed life or sanctification or holiness. It's just all cookies and cream. And that ain't true. That ain't the gospel. The very first words our Lord was saying was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So think, hook yourself to that. The word vain here, the word vain means empty, worthless, not, not having substance, right? He says, hold fast that word which I preach to you unless you believed in vain. Don't let your faith be empty. Don't let your faith, you know, 
uh, be without worth. The gospel was meant not just to save us, but to completely and utterly change our life and our, and our, and our course of life. That our lives now are to be lived by Jesus Christ and Him alone. That blood that He shed was so pricey. It costs so much, and yet there's so many that are ignoring the gospel in their life. You might think, well, I'm saved, and I know the gospel, and I believe the gospel. But you're not living the gospel if you're not allowing God to sanctify you, and change you, and mold you. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. The gospel is the power that led us to salvation. Don't let anybody cause you to doubt the gospel. And don't allow your flesh to block what God wants to do in your life. We have to keep yielding to the gospel. When Jesus rose from the dead and Mary Magdalene saw him, I guarantee you Jesus can say, Mary Magdalene, I'd like you to jump. And she would say, how high? And so many of us are just, we're, we're not serving the Lord like we should. We're not living for him like we should. But the gospel message says that we are saved, but also that we belong to him and we are those willing to serve him. Many believe in the gospel up here, but it's not really in their heart. James would say in his epistle, this is the half-brother of Jesus, famously in chapter 1, verse 22 of his epistle, he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Be doers, not just hearers. Christians were to be doers of the word, not just hearers. James, in, his, in the second chapter of his epistle, verse 17 through 20, says this, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God? Good. You do well, even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Faith without works is dead. Uh, I think like a month ago, by now, I don't know, I asked, like, we asked, we shared with all the men, uh, the whole church, first service, second service, that we need help in certain ministries. Now, if... You're new. We have a three-month policy for people to just chill. Just make sure this is your church. You know, you may like one sermon, may hate, hate the next three, and you're just gone. I thought, but not, not really. I changed my, psych. That's why we want people to chill. We want to know, to get to know you, know that you're born again. We have an application, because God has standards. He does. Read the word. You can't even be a deacon in God's kingdom without first being tested right so but we put out the word we need help so for those who have been coming you know you're beyond that policy period you know you can serve if you're not Blair tell me how many people signed up one see what I'm saying one everyone if I who believes in the resurrection everyone would go like this but do you do you really believe I believe in the resurrection I believe that when this body dies, I'm going to receive a new body. 
and I am instantly going to be in the presence of Jesus. I believe in the resurrection. I believe it can happen in any time. He can either rapture the church or we can, God forbid, go be with him early, whatever. But I believe in the resurrection. I believe I'm going to have a one-on-one meeting with Jesus that Clarissa's not going to be there. Our kids aren't going to be there. You're not going to be there. And it's like the Bema Seed experience. I believe that he's going to ask me about the, you know, why I served him. And I, and you know, why did you do that that time? And why did you serve me here? And why did you do this? And you know, he doesn't judge us for our sins because we're believers, but he, he judges our works, whether or not we did them for his glory or for ourselves. See, I believe in the resurrection. That's why I serve him. They go hand in hand. If you truly believe in the resurrection, and he was coming, and you were going to receive your resurrected body tonight at about 9.30, you probably wouldn't leave. You'd get your lawnmower or whatever, and you'd just start. You'd probably go out there, start washing everybody's cars in the name of the Lord. You, this, you'd start painting the church. I mean, everyone would say, we believe in the resurrection, let's serve them. I like what Brother Robert taught on Wednesday night here from Crenshaw Calvary Chapel. He said, you know, that revival isn't about a prayer meeting and, and people singing worship. It's about obedience. That, you know, it's, it, you see a change in people's hearts and, and it's obedience. They begin to do the little things that are important to God. We had close to 40 people. 40 brothers at the men's breakfast. All of the brothers in this room should be there. We have it once a month. There's 40. Usually it's about 20 to 30. We had more, more towards 40 because I see that God is moving in our hearts. That there's a revival happening within the heart. It's, it's called obedience. It's Christians who just have to now start being obedient. Obedient as if you believe Jesus is coming. Obedient as if you believe Jesus in the resurrection. Anyways, did I tell you guys I really care about you guys? I do. I love you. I'm going to be responsible for whether or not I continually remind you. Because Peter said, even when I'm gone, I got guys lined up that are going to constantly remind you. The Apostle Paul told Titus, he told Timothy, keep reminding them. They have to keep doing good works. And I don't, you know, we'll find something for everybody to do. You know, we, we need ushers, security, children's ministry. We'll, you know, it, it, you know, it's like, we should have the heart that says we'll do anything for the Lord because he's resurrected for my justification. You know, I'll do anything. I'm going to see him soon. I want to just be found doing something. And there's people who have um, excuses. I don't understand why. I don't understand why. If we were at the cross watching them bleed, we wouldn't say, you know, I'll serve you, but I have, I have, I have certain restrictions. I have, you know, there, there wouldn't be that. Others say, man, here, here's my organizer. I think I can pencil, pencil you in right here. I mean, that, that goes away if you think about what he did. It's like, what is needed? I don't, you know, my gift doesn't go with feet washing. 
you know, it's like, you know, I want a church that sees my talent. And feet washing isn't me. I mean, people think that way. Seeker-friendly churches. They're here. You know, pastors are all afraid. What can I do for you? How can I make your life, help you live your best you? I need, I've been crucified with Christ, Paul said. Ryan's dead. Who cares what he wants? Who cares what he wants? See, people are living in the valley because they're not serving the Lord like they should. And it can be something as coming early and praying. Your very presence being here encourages me to preach. To not be, I know you're down for the Lord. You're good Christians. I know you love God. And I know you're rooting for me to give you the stuff not sugar-coated, right? You know I love you. You know I love you. But there's so many excuses. Some are legit, some are not. Like I said in first service, it's like, unless you're like physically, like you can't get out of bed, what's going to ask you to like, you know what I mean? There's a few that are too, way too old or hurting or can't do, you know, but even... You know, you don't think in heaven there'll be someone at the beam of seed who was handicapped, who who has a new body, a new resurrected body, and who said the Lord, look at you saw that I that I was hobbling, you saw that I was hurt, but yet I still served you. How much is that gonna mean in heaven? And we're like sitting there like, uh oh, I'm next, and I was gonna tell him that I couldn't walk too well. I'm telling you, when you think about service. And, and this is what he'll say to the Corinthian church when it comes to giving an offering. Jerusalem church was broke. And so the church at Macedonia, they gave. And then he asked the Corinthian church, they said, yeah, we're going to give too. But they didn't give. The Macedonians gave. And Paul says to the Corinthian church, listen, I'm questioning your sincerity by their diligence. I have my brother Mike right here. He's a blessing. I have older brothers and sisters who serve the Lord. We, you know, and no, they just, they're even little, even a little to God, it isn't much. I mean, to God, it's a, it's a lot. He, he takes a little and then he blesses. Do we believe in the resurrection? Do we believe in the gospel? That he was crucified for our sins? Shoot, what do you need, Lord? My king, what do you need me to do? My king. We are this far as a church. 15 years doing Sundays this Easter. 15 years. We have gotten this far because we've taught the word of God verse by verse and have stood that, you know what? We're supposed to be doing stuff. And if you can walk from there to there as an usher and say, hey, welcome to Calvary Chapel. I mean, that's, that's glorious to heaven. You know, my spiritual mom, for instance, Sue, who I told you went to be with the Lord. She had type 1 diabetes. She had a pump. She had the insulin, you know, just and, and, and just knowing her. And she had to be on the treadmill. She had to eat right. She was really, her, her dad was a, was a Marine. Her only son got killed at 18 years old in a car accident. She was a, a, a godly woman with a lot of pain and hurt. Knowing her son, her only son was in heaven, and then I was like her adopted son. But she physically was, it was a struggle, but she served the Lord. 
And her dad was a Marine, and, but her motivation was the love of Christ that compelled her. My pastor taught me, Ryan, don't serve the Lord only when it's convenient for you. I believe in the resurrection. I believe that's why I speak. My needs should be irrelevant. What does God need? I love you guys. This is fun. <laughs> Turn with me to Luke, please. Verse 8, uh, chapter 19, please. Beginning with verse 11. Now, as they heard these things, Jesus, right, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Therefore, he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minas, and said to them, Do business till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first saying, Master, your mina has earned ten minas. And he said to him, Well done, good servant, because you were faithful. Listen to this. In a very little... The very little that we do have authority over 10 cities, right? Have authority over 10 Los Angeleses in heaven. That's heavy. I'm sure you do a better job than what they're doing here. And the second came saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas. Likewise, he said to him, you also be over five Cities, San Francisco's. <laughs> then another came saying, Master, here is your mina, which I have kept put away in a handkerchief. For I feared you because you are an austere man. You collect what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, out of your own mouth, I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank that at my coming I might have collected it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, take the mina from him and give it to him who has ten minas. But they said to him, Master, he has ten minas. For I say to you that everyone who has will be given. And from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. But bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before them. So if you think about the gospel message, 
It's not just to save us, it's so that He would reign over us. Jesus Christ came to reign over your life. That's why we call Him the King of Kings and the what? He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And He expects us to serve Him. This, this servant that did nothing, he said, I, I, I thought you to be an austere man, reaping where you have not sown. Let me ask you something. I know you believe in the resurrection. Let me ask you something. Who sowed you? The Bible says that we are the planting of the Lord. The Bible says that Jesus is the Alpha and Omega that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He planted you and I. And if he planted you and I, then he is worthy to receive and to sow what we do for him. And he is going to have a one-on-one -on -one with you and I. And if we know that that meeting is coming, and if we believe in the resurrection, what can stand in the way of serving him? For a crust of bread, a man will transgress, the Bible says. What will you do in exchange for your soul? I pray that we listen to the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised him from the dead. Paul the Apostle said that I might know him in the power of his resurrection. Back to our text. Hey, first service was a little more lively, so you guys are scaring me a bit. You're pondering. Then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. If you've ever felt like you were unworthy, I pray that you don't. The apostle Paul, we read about him saying, I, I'm an apostle by the will of God. The Apostle Paul was doubted by his listeners. He was belittled by his listeners. They mocked the way he looked, the way he spoke. They didn't receive him. Always, guys, he suffered persecution. But God made it clear to Paul how much he loved him. That though uh, he had persecuted the church, Though he was the last to see Christ out of all the apostles. Though in his own life, he felt maybe he was the runt of the apostles. The weakest. Because he saw the Lord last and he didn't get to spend that time with like all the others in Galilee. Yet God said, no, Paul, you're special to me. In fact, I, I believe Paul was everything to Jesus Christ. And I believe you are everything to Jesus Christ.
God loves you with an everlasting love. I love God because he's the God of the fatherless. From day one, my father was gone. Not a year after I was born. From day one, he was gone. My mother was disinterested in me. I had a stepfather that was brutal, a beast of a man. Smacked me around, terrorized me. So much so that I wet the bed till I was 14. I was in fear every night for my life. And then at 15, with no one interested in me, no helpers, no teachers who cared, no, uh, we're the, the people who take care of the kids. The, uh... Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.